Good morning. Welcome to Bottom Line, the final edition of the program for the month of February 2022. My name is Joshua. I dig me there. Bottom Line, it's your daily public affairs from your source always. It's good to have you join us again on this edition. Like I said, the last edition for February, but the first edition for this week. First, congratulations to Nigerians for finally getting the much-desired electoral law after 12 years of struggle. Also, congrats to President Muhammad Obari, who seems to have survived the pressure not to sign by doing so and creating a legacy for the electoral system that he has always talked about. Okay, for those who have not paid any attention to the law, there is a couple of provisions that may interest you. Well, Clause 29 uh, one stipulates that parties must conduct the primaries and submit their list of candidates at least 180 days before the general election. 180 days. Clause 65 states that INA can review results declared under duress. And Clause 33 states that funds for general elections must be released at least one year before the election. Funds for general elections must be released at least one year before the election. And Clause 51 says the total number of accredited voters will uh, become a factor in determining over-voting at election tribunals. The total number of accredited voters will become a factor in determining over-voting at election tribunals. And Clause 54 too, makes provisions for people with disabilities and special needs. Uh, to make the electoral process more credible, Clause 47 gives the legal backing for smart card readers and any other voter accreditation technology that the Independent National Electoral Commission deploys. Uh, while Clause 50 gives INEC the legal backing for electronic transmission of election results, this would no doubt minimize uh, the instances of rigging elections. Uh, Clause uh, 34 Against political parties bar to conduct a primary election to replace a candidate who died during an election. Why Clause 94 allows for early commencement of the campaign season. By this provision, the campaign season will now start 150 days to the election day and then 24 hours before the election. Clause 84 stipulates that anyone holding a political officer, ministers, commissioners, special advisors, and others must relinquish the position before they can be eligible to participate. In the electoral process either as a candidate or as a delegate. All right, so for more on the provisions, you can listen to our news at 3 o'clock. Uh, the new law takes a threat from the kitty election. So joining me via a phone this morning on the program, bottom lies a pro-democracy advocate who has been passionate about the bill over time, Mr. Ario Atoye Dari. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Ario Dari Atoye. Thank you for joining us on the bottom line today. Yeah, good morning and thank you for having me. Well, I think, I, 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 think I, I don't know, it will not be out of place to say congratulations to you because I know how passionate you were about uh, this particular electoral law, a new electoral law for the country, and that uh, definitely has come to fruition. Congratulations, yes, Mr. Ario Tuida. Thank you very much. And I also want to thank you guys for making mm. your platform available to mm. help opinion. Uh, I, I can easily recall that you guys have been right there mm. uh, every step of the way. And uh, today we can say yes, it is woohoo mm. for uh, electoral governance. Uhuru. Well, so you sounded positive even before the president has signed, uh, the, the, as, uh, gave his assent to the electoral act uh, bill that has now become a law. You sounded positive that the president will sign. Now that he has signed, so let me ask you, what's next now? Uh, what's the next uh, line, uh, next action, next well, line of well, action? The, the, the next action for us, for instance, from organization, adopt the good initiative B in two phases. Okay. Number one, to ensure the implementation to support INEC for 
the practical aspect of it because uh, no law is auto-driven. Uh, mm. It must be implemented by the people, that's the personnel. Okay. And so in essence, we just have to look at, dissect a uh, very salient and important aspect of the bill or if not everything that we use to, for the conduct of uh, the elections in Ikitiyoshu and the general elections. Mm. That's the first phase. That's implementing this noble uh, electoral law. All right. The other phase is the uh, campaign uh, against the vote by mm. um, which uh, it's another aspect from the from the, on the part of the people because if INEC National Assembly has played their own role in terms of ensuring that we have nice uh, electoral framework, I mean legal framework that is very sound, mm. then we must also get the people to fulfill their own side of the bargain by ensuring there is a uh, uh, that our elect, I mean, our elections are credible in terms right. of uh, the voters not being induced mm. for them to be able to exercise their free will. Mm. So it's, it's something that we just have to, we just have to do to 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 launch a massive campaign against the vote buying, vote trading, mm. because that destroys the, destroys the credibility of our electoral process and also undermines the the confidence of of the people. All so. Right. And I believe that the people are enlightened, the people are conscientious. Uh, we know that some politicians have tried to undermine that uh, trademark of the people with vote buying. But this time around, we're going to tell them to rise up and reject uh, vote buying because it has not done them any good in the last eight years. Mm, it has not done us any good. So, uh, Mr. Ario Atoye Dari, when you look at this law, noble, and of course, uh, noble, laudable, some of the provisions that uh, we've read out earlier, uh, but just like you said, uh, not, and just as some people will argue too, that it's not only about the law, but about uh, the implementation and uh, the players. Uh, what are the factors that you think maybe? Uh, in our culture or in our political system that you think that may threaten uh, the full implementation of uh, this uh, or a very good implementation of this uh, new law? Yeah, well, practically one single thing or two, three, you know, let me say two, three things. Number one, okay. early release of money as stipulated by the law okay. and the, uh, the money for INEC must be released at least one year to the election. So, what that means is that INEC ought to get their money this week. All right. That's for, number one. That's for number the general two, election. Number two is sincerity of the commission. It is mm. not just the chairman and the top echelon of the commission. But what about the staff of the commission along the chain line? You know, mm. That is also very important. Because one thing is that with one thing for the commission, uh, for the leadership of the commission to be committed, it's another thing for... The, I mean the the staffers, yes, exactly. the 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 field workers mm. who will definitely be working on behalf of the commission to also be compromised. And that is why I'm happy with the section. I think section 65, thereabouts, that has given an opportunity for results to be reviewed, uh, where results are declared under the law. Now, the most dangerous aspect of it is the politicians. Mm. Now, when the politicians decide to uh, embark on destruction mode, um, possibly to compromise the process. For instance, some of them can recruit thugs to destroy INEC office, to destroy sensitive materials, non-sensitive materials, and all of that. So these are some of the things that uh, uh, these are factors mm. that can actually uh, be a threat to the conduct of uh, this election. So the loss will definitely not be enough to stop them. Mm. Uh, but uh, what we have to do, although if they are caught, if anybody is caught, there are penalties, I think, are stipulated in the law, and also there are extant laws All right. you know, in our country that we can rely upon to prosecute you know, those who are caught. But it is better for the damage not to be done mm -hmm. than for us to be able to see that when it is done, people will be arrested and prosecuted. So these three key things are big, big threats to uh, future elections. Except uh, as a society, as a community, as a nation, we're able uh, to ward off this kind of threat. And we also have a responsibility, especially the media, the civil society, okay. to preaching to the people, uh, civil society, I mean, to start preaching to our politicians, INEC, mm. 
and also government to fulfill their own side of the bargain. And the most important aspect is the commitment of a security agents. All right, I was going to ask are that. They, are they ready to help to protect some of these facilities, I mean facilities? It is both communities and security agencies. For instance, All right. you will know that INEC offices are cited in the 774 local government yes. and uh, the headquarters at the state level. So, and these uh, facilities are cited in areas that are inhabited by people in the community. So, mm. the communities also have a responsibility to look after INEC property, but most importantly, most importantly the police mm. to do the needs. And I also want to believe that INEC should also deploy the advantage of technology, CCTV mm. cameras, real-time mm. not uh, death, I mean, surface to death, real-time CCTV camera that the reg or the head of the commission can always evacuate, you know, either at home or anywhere in case there are suspicious activities or any attack. So these are some of the things that I think can help to All right. ensure well, that we, we protect the credibility of our elections and secure conduct of our elections. So, so so talking about suspicious activities, and, and it's uh, uh, interesting to know that you've mentioned the security operatives, apart from the activities uh, uh, before the election, that's coming, that's talking about pre-elections, let's talk about during elections. Uh, they have, uh, uh, many times, uh, they have been accused of uh, looking away uh, when uh, politicians and electorates are conniving together to undermine the credibility of uh, elections there in Nigeria, where... Uh, inducement is taking place uh, votes are being uh, bought and sold and uh, sometimes they say they look away uh, we have talked we have seen this uh, many times uh, how would you expect uh, that uh, the security operatives in particular should actually uh, be uh, uh, be prepped in a way that they will ensure that we don't just have this law but uh, it's fully implemented and all of these things all of these factors that are sort of threats uh, to the uh, implementation of this uh, law uh, actually nipped in the board, particularly vote buying and violence and uh, some other activities. The one thing I'm saying here is that there is a particular thing that we have to do, like two things. Mm. Uh, apart from uh, trying to uh, reach out to the police, the leadership, All right. for them to show sincerity of purpose, okay. sincerity of purpose for them to show commitment, mm. and also to reach out to the policemen via different media platforms and the conventional media, radio, and all of that, mm. then they, they have a mission to protect and they should ensure the credibility. Let me tell you the most important thing to know. Okay. Which I don't know if the leadership of the police will allow. Is for INEC to pay the allowance of police officers that will be deployed for elections directly into the account. Hmm. Because what we found out is that most times, a good number of them don't get this money. And sometimes when they get this money, they are short hmm. For instance, we allow on election day 10,000, they cut it to 5,000, it's 15,000, they cut it 10,000. Hmm. Well, if it's INEC that is going to pay directly, you can be rest assured that everybody will be paid. So, I think there should be proper accreditation of police officers deployed for elections. Okay. Then INEC should take over the responsibility of paying these police officers. Mm. And by so doing, I can tell you that we'll be able to secure the commitment All and right. loyalty of a good number of these officers for our elections when it's going to help strengthen mm. the credibility of our elections. And you, you should be rest assured that you see commitment. And these guys, they will be able to arrest, they will be able to arrest violators, they will be able to arrest those who are in the habit of rigging elections, and they will demonstrate sincere, unalloyed commitment for mm. electoral process. So, hopefully, hopefully, um, we intend to meet with the IG, hopefully, anytime uh, next month. Mm. Then, we intend to also meet with the INEC commissioner anytime for there to be this energy. Let INEC be responsible. Okay. Let INEC be responsible for the payment of. Mm. Um, the money. The and there is something I need to inform you. All right. Which has changed the dynamics of uh, the state of election meeting. Okay. And I don't think uh, uh, some of the politicians are aware yet. And I don't think the media have taken cognizance. All right. What's that? Now, the electoral timetable mm. has changed the scope of things in ATC. Mm. Now, so let me tell you um, you know, ATC has their own problem, CDC has their own problem. <laughs> uh, during the primary. Mm -hmm. Now, they 
try to resolve it, try to do some kind of a makeup, uh, makeup uh, reconciliation. Mm. Now, I can tell you now that this reconciliation uh, will be tested when some of these gladiators are not given party tickets. Mm. Fortunately for the gladiators, fortunately for some other parties, the third force, but unfortunately for the ruling party, Mm. It will be difficult for them now to hide under anything. So who is not going to get the ticket? For instance, among the aspirants who have been promised deceitfully that we're going to give you the Senate ticket, we're going to give you the red ticket. So now it will be now obvious. Mm. So if they are unable to give them, now they can use whichever platform they want to so Okay. Before, the thinking was that, look, let's, let's give them. Maybe the election is over, we know what to do. All right. This time around now, every election will be concluded before January 3rd. Mm. Before June 3rd. June, June 3rd. June 3rd, yes. This year. Mm. And the governorship election is in June 18th. June 18th. So there's no hiding place for any political entity. You mm. just have to pick your tent and stay where you belong. That's interesting. So quickly, finally, before we let you go, uh, Mr. Dari Atoye, Ario, you are familiar, of course, with the politics and election uh, cycles. So what significant changes are we expecting to see in the test of this new law? Hmm. Well, well uh, I think, I think uh, for me, I think we hope to see an improvement in the number of people coming out to vote, okay. in the electoral process. Okay. And also, um, this should be an opportunity also for INF to take control. Mm. As the electoral empire, to ensure that uh, the police credibility of our election. I also intend, uh, I also see an opportunity for political parties to have enough time to be able to uh, put their candidates in place, enough time to campaign. And also, there are now windows for people a second chance. The second chance is the window for uh, anybody who is in rough to be able to, you know, ask INEC. Uh, I, I, INEC now has what they call administrative window to review election results within seven weeks, especially when election is declared under two. So All right. this is an important window which people have always been looking for that they now have, you know, in the new electoral, uh, for me, I call it a second chance for administrative review of results. Then also importantly is that the online review, um, online uh, uh, Zoom of results has now been legalized and they okay. can now publish results. Results online can now be easily used to go to court in case right. there's manipulation. And the good thing here is that you know that the result will be evacuated from the first line of voting, which is at the polling station. And mm. when results are evacuated, uh, usually destination type video from the second secondary level of pollution, which is at the uh, mm. what level, local government level, when people start seeing the charging storm. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Uh, Dari Atoyeria. We appreciate you uh, very much as a pro-democracy advocate. And thank you very much, someone who has been very passionate about uh, uh, the new, a new electoral law in Nigeria, and that has come uh, to fruition uh, this time around. We appreciate you so sincerely. Once again, we say congratulations to you. Thank you very much for joining us on the program uh, today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Have a great Good day. Morning. Have a great day.
All right, we are listening to our first guest on the program this morning. Uh, yes, just uh, told us what to expect as far as uh, the new law is concerned. Uh, a lot of Nigerians, uh, a lot of uh, observers and concerned citizens are optimistic about this uh, new law and they expect that uh, it will be uh, a new dawn for uh, democracy, for electoral processes here in Nigeria, just like uh, Mr. Ario Atoye Dari said. We've now been joined by our second guest on the program this morning. Uh, is the public commentator, is the public commentator and media officer of Yaga Africa, Mr. Moshud Issa. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Moshud Issa. Thank you for joining us on Bottom Line today. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for hosting me. Mm, sincerely appreciate you. So, uh, just like uh, we said, of course, uh, we had a discussion with our first guest this morning. It seems like it's now Uhuru uh, for those who have actually been calling for an introduction of a new electoral law in Nigeria here. Of course, we know that uh, Yaga Africa has, has always been at the vanguard of this uh, advocacy. So we sincerely congratulate you this morning and of course your people at Yaga Africa. Congratulations to you. Uh, yeah, Mr. Congratulations Mashiri, to all Nigerians and citizens that hmm. made this happen. It, uh, it just shows how far citizens' action and what we can achieve Mm. when we put our, head, our heads together. So congratulations to Nigerians and congratulations to our democracy too. All right, so the new electoral law uh, seems to have quickened the entire process. Uh, by June, Nigeria will know its candidates. Uh, I'm even talking about uh, the presidential elections right now. We'll have known all the candidates, even for the National Assembly elections. Uh, we will have known all the candidates. So uh, what advantage is this to Nigerians, uh, Mr. Moshudi, sir? Yeah, regarding um, knowing your candidates ahead of time, mm. uh, gives, uh, gives uh, the citizens or the prospective voters due time to do their due diligence, know what each uh, candidate is up to. And apart from that, honestly, beyond knowing your candidates early, it means um, internal party litigations will be sorted out long before the election. Mm. We wouldn't have issues when um, a day before election, <laughs> you see court cases, and INEC will be confused on what they will have on ballot papers. Citizens will be confused on who their candidate is. And we had that incident just in the just concluded um, FCT area council election, where I think 24 hours before the election, we had a court ruling that this is an mm -hmm. authentic candidate and mm -hmm. this is not the authentic candidate. Mm -hmm. So with this electoral act that made, um, I made it possible for uh, political parties to decide their party primaries on time, do all the litigations and all that on time, it will enable not just the citizens to know their candidate, but even the electoral commissions to prepare because printing of these ballot papers and all that takes a lot of time and takes a lot of preparation. It wouldn't be nice for the commission to have printed the ballot paper with the party on it and then a day before election, a court injunction come up and all that. So it helps not just the, the, the citizens to decide to do diligence on who is who on the ballot paper, but it also helps the electoral commission to also prepare for elections um, uh, in due time. So this is one of the uh, one key importance of uh, assent to the electoral or the, of this new electoral law. Well, this new electoral law, Mr. Moshudisa, has been uh, commended in many uh, quarters. Nigerians have actually been congratulating themselves. Even Nigerians are ready, uh, right in the name of. Uh, Mr. President, uh, well, in the good books, some who have actually doubted uh, is a sincerity about giving us uh, a very good electoral law and having uh, electoral processes smooth and are well saying he has done this one. But like they usually say, uh, the law is as good as uh, the operators. So let's talk about the implementation right now because it's not enough for us to have a very good law. It's, uh, it's about how it will be implemented, how it is well implemented too. So uh, do you fear that uh, there may be some challenges uh, towards uh, the full implementation of this law. Oh, wow. So, like we said, um, the, law, the ball is in our court now, mm. not just uh, the Electoral Commission. I see people saying the ball is in the court of INA, but not, not just the Electoral Commission. All, all electoral stakeholders have a, okay. have a role to play in this. And as far as there's a law guiding, uh, guiding uh, our elections, I it's the onus is on our electoral stakeholders to to abide by all the guidelines, by all the electoral law, because they know not abiding by it has its own consequences. Mm. 
So when people know that there is a law guiding a particular issue, all right, and if they don't abide by it, uh, people can easily go to court and nullify everything they've done. So mm. everything that you do that doesn't follow this process mm. is null and void. So there's a law guiding a process, and you do anything contrary that contravenes that, it is null and void. So the onus is on electoral, uh, the all electoral stakeholders, okay. the political parties. Okay. The political parties do not conduct um, their pa- uh, primaries within the stipulated 150 uh, days before the election. Mm. Uh, they know it's null and void. The, you, you see, immediately the immediately um, the law was signed. I may convene the meeting. All right. Immediately they announced new dates. It means the law stipulated that new dates for, dates for election must be announced mm. within a stipulated period. So that's why you see, and I swing swung into action almost immediately. Mm. So because everything they do that contravenes it will be null and void. And this also goes to issue of um, uh, say electronic transmission of results, uh, electronic accreditation. But the thing is that the law says they may, meaning they have the power to either decide what uh, what uh, system they would want to use. Mm. So, but from recent election, we've seen that they've tested um, different electronic device. Uh, the, the starting for the smart card reader, and then now the bimodal voter accreditation system. Mm-hmm. They had to, they, the challenge with them now is that they have to fix all the challenges experienced during previous election. We experienced that in Anambra, and then in the FCC election, the challenges with the BVAP. Mm-hmm. And now that this is this will be the major way of transmitting results or uh, major way of accreditation of voting. Mm-hmm. It means INEC have a whole lot of work in their front. Mm-hmm. First, uh, 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 procuring those um, those uh, those uh, devices. All we right. have over 170,000 polling units in Nigeria. They mm-hmm. are procuring over 170,000 beavers because you need at least 10,000 backups. Mm-hmm. And then, not just that, configuration, pilot testing, and all that is a big election in 2023. Mm-hmm. And we cannot afford to fail because we have said it. We said the integrity of the 2023 election is hinged on assent to the Electoral Act. And now the the act has become a law. It has been assented to. The ball mm. is now is in our court. Mm. Electoral commission, the electoral commission has a huge work in their front. All right. Especially regarding uh, uh electronic accreditation, uh, electronic transmission of results, because that will be the major priority. Anything manual will be back up now. While mm. the main electronic uh, transmission will be the the the, the primary mode of uh, uh, transmitting results. So the the onus is on INEC now and other electoral stakeholders to get prepared, to get ready in order to ensure that this uh, new electoral law is implemented in later. Anything beyond that mm. uh, uh, is null and void. Well, uh, INEC, of course, appears to be the main uh, player uh, in this uh, issue when you talk about uh, election here in Nigeria. But of course, don't forget, don't forget, just like you mentioned, there are many other stakeholders, the security operatives, the politicians in particular, and of course, uh, even the electorates, citizens themselves. Uh, so I'm looking at uh, one of the I'm major issues. Hello, Mr. Amashudi. Sa- All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at one of the major issues that uh, observers have identified as uh, the bane of uh, electoral processes in recent years, talking about uh, the inducement of voter, uh, vote buying and selling. Uh, many people are saying that even with this new electoral law, which will still that this country will still not be able uh, to cope this. That unfortunately, it's almost becoming a culture, a norm that uh, many people are involved, many people are cooperating, are collaborating to undermine the electoral process, the politicians, uh, the electorates themselves, uh, the security operatives who will also look away when they see this uh, happening. How do we go about this with this new electoral law? How are we going to ensure that this does not uh, make this uh, new electoral law not relevant? So I know I've gone through this uh, new electoral law. Probably the issue of voter induction might not be among the top 10 provisions, but we already have an existing law Mm. around the issue of voter inducement. It's a crime to induce induce voter within Mm. a particular proximity of polling units. Unfortunately, that's that's a, that's a major gap in that in that uh, in that provision mm. because full, um, politicians induce voters a day before election, few weeks before elections, and all that, which has become uh, a major gap in this process. But because uh, the provision has it that if you induce a voter 
within a few uh, proximity mm. within the polling unit, that's when it becomes an issue. And like we already know, our politicians identify the gaps in this process. That's mm. why it even took a long time to even get this thing signed because of a lot of back and forth with uh, the major the major actors. But again, this, uh, this, uh, the onus is now back on the security agency All right. to ensure that they do their they do their work uh, to, to the best of their ability. Unfortunately, it has not been it has not been it has not been ruled in recent times, especially as regards to arresting and prosecuting mm. uh, electoral offenders. But again, we have a, a legislation that might be passed, um, which is around the uh, that has been that that has passed uh, some uh, some sessions in the national assembly, which is a. Uh, establishment of the Electoral Offenses Commission. Mm. Because most times when you arrest these offenders, it's it's becoming so difficult for for the commission because of the whole lot of work the commission has. It's become difficult for the commission to prosecute them. Even the next chair at some point said it's becoming so difficult because of a lot of litigations beyond the issue of um, politicians going to court, nullifying primaries, nullifying as formal election. The issue of prosecuting electoral offenders has become a major issue. Because mm. well, there's a there's a provision, there's a there's a legislation around establishing an electoral offenses commission whose role would be automatically to prosecute these offenders. Most times if security arrests these offenders, just go to they just go and get uh, to the police station. In the next day, you know, you know, these politicians somehow come and build them because there is no a robust framework. That would enable prosecution of uh, prosecution of these electoral offenders. But I believe with the establishment of a uh, electoral offenses commission, I don't know how soon that would happen. That would uh, ensure a robust uh, robust uh, prosecution of electoral offenders, especially when it comes to voter engagement. When people know that when they are, when they get arrested, there is a robust framework that allows for their proper prosecution. I think that would reduce. But at the moment, the security have a huge work. They have to be sincere with uh, with themselves. And with Nigeria to prosecute, uh, especially people All that right. sell and buy their votes. Mm. But at the moment, it has become a, a major issue. The All citizens right. also have a role to play on this. All right, All right. thank you very much, Mr. Mushu. This for, 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 for quite a while now. Don't mm. sell your vote and all that. So the citizens also have a role to play. So, so everybody, uh, well, all hands must be on deck. Uh, let's just put it that way. So, just before we let you go, uh, Mr. Moshiri, uh, so the next line of action uh, for your organization and other civil society organizations. Oh, the next line of action is um, is first to ed- we are currently we started educating people on the new provisions of the electoral of the electoral law. We put out um top 10 provisions of the electoral law for people to know why we've been advocating for this in the first place. Now the bill has been signed. We have been putting out information on how important this bill is and important provisions. This may be to encourage people to uh, to get registered, get their PVC and come out and vote. So the next line of action is intensive voter education. Okay. At the moment, intensive voter education tells people that now you have that there's better chance that your vote will count. There's better chance that the process will not frustrate you as much as it has frustrated you in recent times. There are better chance that uh, if you uh, if the candidate will you, you vote, if uh, if he is the popular candidate, uh, uh, he would win. If he will win the election, there's a better chance that if you get registered, come out and vote, uh, your your vote will count. So right. the owners now is now not just on civil society organizations, even political parties, the electoral commissions themselves. It's time to 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 embark on a massive massive uh, voter education drive to tell people the importance of this new law and why they should participate in, uh, in the process. Although right. we are still currently studying the the new the, the bill that was signed, mm. uh, we see substantially that it is the same bill that that was passed in the national okay. assembly. Yeah. Uh, of course, we know the president has said that uh, the section 84 mm. should be deleted regarding uh, political uh, appointees uh, resigning. Okay. Before they run for any political office, I think, but majorly, substantially, that, that, that that's it. And right. uh, if you recall, uh, a few weeks back, uh, a few months back, we uh, civil society actually cited some drafting errors mm. and cross-referencing gaps in the electoral act, and we can confirm that substantially, those right. errors were actually reviewed and updated right. before this bill got to the got to the president. So the next line of action is the massive voter education drive. Encourage uh, citizens to get registered and come out and vote uh, during elections. Well, thank you very much for your time on Bottom Line this morning, uh, Mr. Moshu Disa.
media officer of Yaga Africa. We sincerely appreciate you and do have a great day. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. This is Bottom Line with Joshua Adigbite. All right, I can see the phone lines already buzzing, but I must say you still have two. Atari, a bit. We've got a third guest in the studio this morning, uh, joining us live there on the program this uh, morning. And Bottom Line, you cruise 92.7 FM. Uh, well, uh, he's a former special assistant to the former Minister of State for Works, Prince uh, Ariye. We've got Pastor Olayemi Olayinka here in the studio. Good morning, uh, Pastor Olayinka. Thank you very much for joining us on the program today. Good morning, Nigerians, and good morning, Ekiti people. Mm. It's a pleasure being in the studio. All right, so let's uh, kickstart this way. Let's start with a new electoral law. Uh, that we have in Nigeria, the bill. For many years, uh, Nigerians uh, were on it, and uh, we were dreaming that this would definitely give us a better democracy and improve uh, electoral process in Nigeria. That has been passed now. It's become a law. It will be tested here in the Kitsi. What expectations do you have uh, for the elections with this new law? Well, um, it's a very good thing that um, finally uh, Mr. President has signed uh, the Electoral Act, and um, uh, because Nigeria has been expecting for a very long time, and uh, the expectation is very high all over the place. But uh, we thank God finally he signed the Electoral Act. But I have some reservations. Okay. Majorly about, see, our country has been polarized, divided so much in the area of um, bribery and corruption. Hmm. With the new electoral act, even though there's some beautiful areas that you can talk about, All right. maybe uh, for INEC has a mm -hmm. power mm -hmm. to uh, look at um, a result that, that is signed on that direct, on that direct. Mm -hmm. they can look at that no again, mm -hmm. which is a very good one. All right. But most times, even the INEC officials are compromised. INEC official. Well, they are compromised. Our first guest mentioned that, that is too. the challenge. That's the major challenge. When you compromise, when INEC. you compromise the electoral officers, then how do you want to get the best out of the election? Mm. Those are the questions we need to ask. That's number one. Number two, the 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 uh, police, the army, whichever organization the security, that they are using, they can the be compromised as well. And those are the areas we need to look at critically. Is there anything we can do about that? For now, I don't think so. <laughs> well, our first guest mentioned mm -hmm. uh, that perhaps uh, the stipends that will be paid to these people should come directly from Hynek rather than uh, from uh, the uh, top police officers, mm -hmm. uh, that if it comes directly from them and uh, it, they ensure that they are not shortchanged, perhaps uh, it will actually Respect uh, ensure the, the, the loyalty even, and commitment. Even if Hynek releases or disbursed, Mm -hmm. um, the remunerations to the security officials. That doesn't stop politicians from doing the same thing. Politicians, see, politicians will still go ahead. They will still mm. go ahead to compromise them deliberately. Deliberately, and you know it's majority very of to, the politicians from the money. beginning they are looking at how to cheat. Hmm. Majority um, of the politicians. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. I'm one. Mm. We are politicians. So you know, we know ourselves. We know, we know ourselves too well. There are some of them that doesn't even want the best of anything. They know they cannot win any election. The only thing they are looking at is how to cheat mm. from day one. Some of the things they are looking at is cheating. Strategizing on how to undermine the electoral that, processes. That, that, that is the thing. Those, that, those are the problems. Those are the gray areas. And uh, I think it's going to take a very long time mm. because the INEC officials, the, the, the security operatives, they are all Nigerians. Mm. An average Nigerian is a corrupt person. An average Nigerian. Is a, is, is a corrupt person. Hmm. And that is the truth. And so it's not here. They are different. It's not, it's not at all. 
at all until mm. we can synthesize the, the generality of the people, mm. the mindset of the people, change their mindset. Gradually, probably we can get there. But nonetheless, we need to appreciate the fact that, okay, we're getting there. Okay. I think we are amending the electoral acts. Mm. I mean, we're changing things gradually. So it's a step and forward. It's a step forward. So let's, let's believe that it can work. Apart from all those gray areas, I think it's the good thing that we have the electoral acts amended. So you, you, you said yourself that you don't know how to go about these uh, challenges that you just uh, mm. highlighted. Yes. But perhaps, do you have any suggestions on uh, I talked to someone uh, earlier who talked about voter education sensitization and uh, which other way which other uh, thing do you think can be done uh, for now for now is the sensitization of the people mm. get across to the mind of the people let them realize that look we can get it right by doing the right thing that's the only thing I think we can do for now aside that it's, it's, it's a big challenge mm. Well, uh, let's uh, now talk about it. It's now your major political stakeholder here in Nikita. You mentioned it earlier mm -hmm. that uh, you're also a politician. Mm -hmm. So at this point, where do you stand in the scheme of things uh, as the governorship uh, well, raises uh, itself? Well, the, the, the number one thing is that uh, we, we need to appreciate um, one of the candidates of the political parties that, are, that we're contesting the, the, the June election in Nikita State. Right. And uh, that is the engineer Adebay Olusegoni. Okay. Uh, uh, the very first thing is that uh, we appreciate him so well. Left for him, he felt that, oh, I mean, it's old enough, it doesn't have to struggle for anything any longer. But we begged him, we appealed to him, we, we cried before his so door. So you were, you, were you were part of the people that went yeah, to him? Yeah, I went to him, we, we, we even cried. Hmm. He told me expressly, I mean, I, I, I don't need to lie. He said, Yemi, I am 67. What else do I want? And so, I said, look, don't, you don't have to be selfish. Ekiti people are calling on you. Ekiti people are begging you at this time. It is you, maybe someone else. This is the time to rescue your people. And you have the audacity to say you don't want to contest. Mm. And with all the prayer, he agreed to rescue us from all... Was this, was this after I lost uh, oh, the ticket? Even, be, even the, before the then, before he party. entered for the primary of the PDP, okay. we appealed to him. Okay. When he lost the primary of the PDP, when he was rigged out deliberately mm. by the collaboration of APC and PDP, he now said, okay, it's better for him to go back to his house and rest that he has done enough. But about two days after then, All right. I learned that um, some retirees went to him to cry at his door. Some retirees in the United State. State. They went to his door early in the morning to appeal to him. Some artisans went to him, and I said to, and I called him on the phone. I said, "Do you want to refuse all these people?" Mm. After with much That's appeal it. with him, and I said, "Okay, let me let, let me let me let me let them think about it." Mm. So it took some time for him to think about it too, because a lot of people are calling on him, rescue us, come and take advantage of. The fact that you are loved by the people, the artisan wants to, the civil server wants to, the market women want to, just just come on board. Mm. Well, pa uh, Pastor uh, Olayemi, you 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 talked about now you going to uh, Engineer Shegoni to actually come to contest, but there are other people too uh, from another side of the divide. I believe that. Uh, is desperate to become the governor again. Uh, they're saying that what else uh, is he looking for? He has been in the People's Democratic Party and then to the APC and from APC now to the People's Democratic Party and now from People's Democratic Party to another party. And now you talk about his age too. They seem to feel like, uh, what is this man looking for? At 67 that you mentioned, you have gone to him. If he feels that he's not interested or he's, he's over this, he shouldn't have allowed himself so, uh, if, 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 if i'll say the truth if there's anybody in, in the United state that i've ever seen mm. that is contented is engineered by olisha goni contented that that's that's the that's the word mm. when he was the governor mm. he has been the only governor in the state that has never been investigated by EFCC. Mm. he has been the only governor that nobody can point to that yes he took their money away he has been the only governor in this equity state that could raise his, his head up very high and say that yet all the money of the local government were given unto them. He has been the only person in Nigeria, not only in equity state, that gave autonomy to the legislature. All this he did while in office. 
when he was the governor, ensured that he gave the retirees, immediately they are retiring, they are getting their money. All their benefits were given to them within three months. It has never happened again. And that is why all of them are calling for him. The man is contented. Let me give you a scenario. The all day right. we were removed from government, I was part of that government when he was the governor. Okay. The day we were removed from government, we have what they call the security vote. Mm. And some people appealed to him when they didn't make an announcement. We were looking at the television. When he was removed, I said, okay, let us go, let us free, let us go to the chapel. And someone has suggested to him that, oh, if this is the only thing Oga can take along with him, let him just uh, go with the, the security vote. And he refused. At that time, at that point, I thought, oh, this man is so loaded. Eyuna Shegun is the only governor in this state that we put money together to build his house. No other governor can, can, can say that. And you know, Shegun is the only person that he, if you look at the people that are campaigning in town, now the only thing they say, oh, he doesn't have money. Because he didn't steal. And he doesn't see any reason why he has to steal. He kept the money of his people because they are passionate for them. He loved them genuinely. He's not looking for himself. He's not. He appealed to us. When he left governor, he had to talk to us that, well, his, his passion is for his state, for development. Mm. Because some of us felt that, oh, we didn't really benefit from the government. Why we're working with him. But the man is so passionate about the state. He's ready to develop. He knows things. There's something about him when it comes to governance. When he was, um, when he was working with Rank Zeros, he was a job to be the best uh, of, of the workers at the point. You know, that is the Njashe Goni. If anybody is saying that, oh, the man is so desperate, that means they don't know him. Desperate for what? Mm. It's, not, it's not a desperate person. It's a contented man. Because we, 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 we spoke with a, a former governor in the state who was even in our studios a yes. few weeks back too, and he said at his age, over 60, he's not interested in any political office. They're talking about uh, Governor Adelifashio. We are looking at Ignacio Goni as a senior when you, when you talk about uh, um, age. Well, you already cleared that, but you're looking at uh, the structure right now. He had to now go to another party that many people think that... We may begged not. him to go to another party. Mm. We appealed to him. Do you think he has that kind of structure within that political... He has a structure, has a structure uh, to where, contest and compete with uh, the ruling party in the state and uh, the main opposition party? There, there is no ruling party anymore in the state. They are gone. And they are gone forever. We still have a party APC, on now, the All Progressives Congress. They are, they, that's not a party any longer. And it's the same party that is ruling That party is uh, totally is divided. It's shredded. Totally shredded. There's nothing. You only have the carcass. When and we're going to bury them tomorrow. When Adina Shagouni announced that, uh, officially announced that you'll be contesting on that, the Social Democratic Party. Yes. Uh, we heard that perhaps some of the big wigs and uh, the aggrieved members of APC will be joining this camp. But later... Most of them actually denied that. Are you sure? Are you sure? We spoke with some <laughs> Brother, of them. Brother, you're not really sure. Let's leave that for now. Well, I'm not with a politician. With time, you're going to see APC is dead in the state. Totally. So saying, you only have the carcass there. So only the carcass is left. Some of the gladiators oh, that they are gone completely. With they are gone completely. They are gone completely. The structure that we have now most of their followers are with us. So what does that tell you? We only have the carcass in APC. And their death, the, the, the barrier is dead already. The barrier is tomorrow. By the time we come out tomorrow, they know exactly what is happening in the state. We know who, who owns it. We want to show, we want to prove to them that we own this state together. Uh, well, it doesn't belong to well, any man. Well, of course, you know, we cannot go out to campaign now. All <laughs> but right. of course, okay, okay, okay. we cannot go out to campaign right, right now. All right, thank you very much. Until <laughs> that uh, actually starts uh, okay. formally and officially. Okay. All right. uh, but, we're, but we're just looking at uh, the reality of uh, this issue. few weeks to this elect, to the governorship election, very important governorship election here mm. in Ikiti State, and uh, the SDP. Uh, under which your principal will be contesting, uh, looking like a party that is not even visible uh, here in Ekiti. So, in the last two weeks, have you heard what is happening within the party structure in Ekiti State? Go and look at what is happening. Everybody talks about SDP. Come to Ikere that we are right now, 
the entire Ikere people are supporting SDP. Well, well, well you don't I, want me to campaign. All right, I'm trying to tell you, we have structure all over the place, and you are going to have support all over the place. That is not the party per se. We are selling the candidates. And you know, Debai Olusegunni. So it's about the candidate. Oh, it's about the candidate. It's about Angela Goni now. You can't compare the two other candidates of other best. The smaller there are other candidates. Uh, uh, other can, yeah, the, but the major best, parties, maybe, APC maybe, and maybe APC, APC and APC. then the, maybe the PDP. That one is gone completely. But let's just give them another opportunity. The the PC Kolawole. Well, led, I, 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 uh, I, I would want us to go on to mention names. All right. Okay, let's say the the PDP. The APC mm. and the SDP, and look at the candidate. Look at the structure of the candidate. Who among them can you compare with Engineer Goni? Nobody. There is no basis of comparison. They are too far from him, and that is the truth. And that's who, what we are selling. We have a good candidate. We have a good product, and that's what we are bringing to the market. Well, our time is fast spent already, uh, Pastor Laiemiolainka. This conversation is about uh, the Kiti gubernatorial election will still uh, definitely continue, and uh, we'll be having uh, more of you right, <laughs> in our studios as we continue to prepare for the election. We sincerely appreciate you. Thank you very, thank much. You very much. Of course, about your reservations on the new electoral law. I think uh, right now we should just uh, be. Uh, talking to the appropriate quarters uh, to see what we can actually do, and particularly the electorate, the electorate, the electorate. We must mention that the electorate are very, very important uh, in the scheme of things, not just INEC uh, as the empire, not just uh, the security operatives, but the electorate who will actually go out themselves and uh, vote uh, for uh, candidates of their choice. If they allow themselves to be bought, they know what that means uh, uh, for them in the next uh, four years. Well, that's it on the program today. Thank you once again. Thank we you very much for having you. me. I appreciate for coming on your studio. I'll be back again and again. Definitely. I'm telling these people, <laughs> SDP has well, come to okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pastor Laim right. That's the show for today. Many thanks to Samuel yeah. Olugbemini, my producer. My name is Joshua Adeguta, and a very big thank you to my executive producer, Jideo Gului. Have a great day.